Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. back it's the luke and pete show and um, we're back doing the luke and pete show thing luke would you mind very much if i took my top off would no it make i wouldn't you mind uncom- at all would it no. make you uncomfortable i'm just gonna take my because it is fucking hot in here so um that's the pete there taking oh. his top off as a start to episode uh, oh. 89 or whatever it is um we Woo! don't we don't normally do the show half naked but we have to confess that the studio we've got doesn't have any air conditioning so no. it can get very warm um, so please excuse my uh, esteemed colleague this behaviour. And oh, I'm steamy. Uh, what I would say is that we are doing this without air conditioning, so that you don't hear the word of the air conditioning. Yeah, stop saying air conditioning. I'm just saying, if we had the air conditioner on, it would sound ridiculous. It would. And on that note, welcome to the show. Last time around, we talked about Pete's trip to Korea. We talked about a, mm. um, a terribly traumatic trip to the barbers mm. for one of our listeners. Uh, and we talked about Pete resorting to shaving his beard with a um, bikini trimmer. Is that what you call it? Yeah, a, a, bikini shaper. One bikini side shaper, is one yeah. side is a conventional razor. The other side, a buzzed kind of um, a buzz buzz machine. Yeah, okay. That that makes it perfectly clear. Um, <clears throat> what have you been up to, Pete? Because I, I I would just like to venture very very um, sort of gently to you that I have just got back from Bruges. Oh yes, you went to Bruges. Have you been? Yes, when I was a child, uh, um, we were in a, a public toilet and uh, a woman came out of a shop with a bucket of water, threw it into one of the cubicles in the public toilet because a man, a pervert, was looking at uh, children urinating. I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> I wish. I... I mean, that is my memories of Bruges. And we got to play in Club Bruges uh, football stadium. Did you really? Why? We did Club Bruges. Uh, I don't really know. Was, I wasn't really into football. But we, was, it was it the it was same man who invited you along? <laughs> it was a football trip and uh, we got to play. It. And my uh, memory of that is a Scottish man. Uh, basically, they put me in defence and they said, and he said, if, you, if he goes left, if the striker goes left, you go left. If he goes right, you go right. Which doesn't make any sense because I would be going the wrong the way. I would be going the wrong way. Yeah. And he says, if he goes for a piss, you hold it for him. Which again... Again, inappropriate given what you've recently seen. But I really like that teacher. I wonder what he's doing now. He went to Breaton School. What he was worked at Breaton School. Mr. Football. I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember. But uh, yeah, it was good. And we went to a um, uh, joke shop. The problem with European joke shops in the 80s slash 90s is that 
You get there, it's a joke shop, but it gets a bit dirty. Yeah, it gets really... a, it's, it's like it's very European. I'm let's thinking say. very hairy pubic areas. No, well, yeah, well, it's just like there's joke shop, there's fake lips, there's kind of like snapping gum, hot sweets, sn- sneezing powder, itching powder, and then right stink into bombs. and the stink bombs, and then right into uh, comics of um, hardcore um uh tin tin fucking snowy stuff like that right almost immediately and you're like yeah. whoa i was enjoying that and now i've got to deal with that image not a beaded curtain between not a beaded <laughs> curtain between just all together they're just the europeans they don't give a fuck no I don't. and also um on uh adverts in the street and on like uh advertising hoardings just women with nip nips out yeah. women with nip nips out what year was this the year was 1980 1990 okay I was nine years old on the cusp of a new decade Hopes are high. Can you remember yes. how you got there? Was it was it ferry to Zeebrugger? It was. Uh, no, it, uh, yeah. Ostend? No, what? Both of those are fairly close, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I remember playing a pinball table on uh, the ferry. The ferry was the most exciting thing ever. It was a four-hour ferry journey, a 50-hour fucking coach journey down to the <laughs> fucking door, wherever the fuck we went. And, uh, and then the, the, I played pinball. But it kept on doing the tilt thing. Oh, yeah, I hate that. How which can is, you remember which is, this? Why would they put a pinball machine on a ferry that is, you know, the tilt mechanism is going to constantly go off because it's a ferry. <laughs> how it rolls you, in the sea. How can you remember the machinations of a specific pinball machine 28 years ago? It just upsets me at the lack of foresight. If it, Look, it's like the fucking blue M&M's <laughs> or the brown M&M's for, fucking, yeah. for the band. Like, if you can't, if, if that small part of your operation is fucked... What's going to happen when the when the captain smashes it into some rocks? I know what you mean. It sets a dangerous precedent. Exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking Costa look Concordia. After, look after the small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, I went to Bruges. I had an all right time. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. funny because... What... A lot of cobbles. I don't, again, oh, they're, rolling, yeah, they're rolling the ankles. Oh, Cobblestones so severe mm. that my wife had to go and buy a new pair of footwear. Does, is she uh, yeah because she's quite a diminutive yes. um, character so I imagine she's uh, fond of a heel. Well no no not she's very practical so she likes to be outside likes to okay. walk around but she, the sandals she was wearing just were not cutting the mustard right. vis-a-vis the cobblestone situation. Heelys. So we had to go yeah. <laughs> so we got her a pair of Heelys. Oh she used like ice skates in between the cobbles. She just put some normal trainers man. Oh right. Yeah. yeah cool old traditionalist. Yeah. But did you when you went there did you climb the belfry? Um, I don't recall. Popularised by the film In Bruges. Have you seen that? Someone get thrown off it. He, oh, I don't want to spoiler it, but there's something that happens with it. No. But it's an interesting tower because it was built, first of all, in the, I think the 13th century. No. Then they kept adding to it. Ah. So in the 14th, the 15th, the 16th, so it got quite high and you could climb up it. It's about 350 steps. Mm. It gets very narrow near the top. Beautiful view across all of Bruges. And um, the interesting thing about it... <laughs> I like that it gets narrow at the top. I like have we got bu- enough building materials this year? Yeah. No, should we just cut, yeah. cut some corners and make it a bit smaller? I mean, just, you know, people will not. People they'll are be, they'll be tired by the time they get to the top. People are so small in that sort of time anyway that it wouldn't have <laughs> ever come up. But um, we get a walking tour as part of the hotel we stayed in, and the tour guide said to us that um, when, the order, when the order was given, handed down during the Second World War to mm. bomb Bruges, mm. the Nazi area commander, yeah. who had been stationed there for a while, refused the order because the city was so beautiful Aww. and he didn't want that on his conscience and the war the war ended very shortly after that and so it was preserved it was, it was, it was never bombed ah. so as a result it's a really beautiful place I think it's the only city in Europe which is a, the entirety of the city is a UNESCO World Heritage Site 
It's very walkable, lots of good beers, lots of nice chocolate, lots of good food as well, actually. Wasn't that a... a very, very enjoyable place to go wasn't to. Wasn't there a particular building that Hitler wanted to use as Nazi headquarters if they... It was in Norwich, invaded, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, invaded... Yeah, and he didn't want to... Um, you didn't want to bomb that. I believe use it. I believe it's Norwich mm. because I think it came up in an Alan Partridge show at one point. Oh, I believe yeah. so. Anyway, anyway, Bruges yeah. is a beautiful place. Probably not quite as much octopus as there is in Korea. No, well, we, we I'm won't sure hold that against it. In the canals, is it canals? Uh, are, there, yeah. are there canals? Canals everywhere. Yeah, All but right. you can have a boat trip par excellence. Why don't anybody? Why do? Why do um, places like Bruges and Ghent, which I also recommend in Belgium? Um, uh, make a big deal about their canals, mm. Amsterdam and their canals. Mm. Um, um, but our Camden locks. Why don't we make a big deal about them? Yeah, I mean, because there's, there's famously more canals in Birmingham than there is in Venice, right? Mm. Oh, is it? Yeah. And I think, oh. and one thing about Bruges is I think the canals in Bruges, or at least the majority of them, are all natural as well. Whereas I believe in Amsterdam they're man-made. Right. I don't know if that makes them better or worse, but there was a there was a uh, river slash canal in the middle of Shibuya, which is um, in the centre of uh, Tokyo, and uh, as the as the um, uh, as the Japanese are, they're, they're very kind of faddy. They just went, oh fuck it, let's just put a, a department store on top of it. <laughs> so now she's got a department store on top of uh, this canal. Really? Yeah. This went. They just went, fuck it, let's not have a water feature. Let's have a Tokyo hands. What's the bro- What's the process? Do they do they need permission to do that. Uh, well, okay, I presume there was an agreement made somewhere. Just doing it. Just do it. Let's just do it. They're, they're probably thinking, whereas in the UK it would be there's an excuse, like a bureaucratic excuse to not do anything. Mm. The Japanese are probably having debates about whether it is, in fact, mad enough. <laughs> is it mad enough? Let's yeah. do it. But anyway, interestingly about your, your story about Bruges there, is that, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm not casting any judgment on it, but the things that Belgium is known for these tin, days... Tin, 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 having sex with his dog. Football. Yep. Chocolate. Right. Beer. Mm-hmm. Paedophiles. Uh, where was the paedophile thing coming? Well, you said there was a man who was arrested. That was one, he wasn't arrested. That's the thing, he wasn't arrested. It was just in the 80s, we had a different approach to paedophiles. We just threw buckets of water on them. Who's we? The people. <laughs> people decided. Chris Rock did it like a big sort of thing where it was like, you know, you just knew in the past, stay away from him. Hmm. He's a, he's a wrong'un. I'm not saying these people shouldn't have been jailed, and of course they should have been. But this, uh, this oh, that's, mania, that's right, yeah. this sun mania, this 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 tabloid mania uh, that allows uh, people like fucking Tommy Robinson uh, to get uh, column inches uh, is uh, it, it clouds the real crimes, which is systemic canal covering <laughs> by, Japanese by Japanese developers. Developers. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I definitely remember in the late eighties. My parents saying, "Oh, that guy down there in that road, he's a bit weird. Just don't yeah. go near him." I mean, to be fair, I'm uh, ostensibly a single man of uh, late, middle to late thirties. Well, I would probably late thirties. Uh, I'd probably be uh, in that Suspect. category. I'd probably be in that category if I didn't live in a big city <laughs> where yeah. there are psychos everywhere. You would be called. Um, you would be referred to as confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor. Now that, that's now that, that that's a euphemism for homosexuality, isn't it? Confirmed bachelor. Which is what I used to say about men who had lived on their own in advanced age, isn't it? Yeah. No, you wouldn't say confirmed bachelor. That, that, that's homosexual. That, that, that's a homosexual right. um, slur. What would you say then? Suspected child abuse of Pete Massive Donaldson. dickhead. Massive, <laughs> just nobody will live with him. He is unspeakable. Big, big forehead. He is big. His forehead is too big for any woman to love him. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on my face. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Pete Dawson the Therapy Hour. Like, you know that horrible thing that men like say, sit on my face. There's enough room for five women to sit on my face. <laughs> Is your face too small for your head? What? Is your face too small for your head? Yeah, it doesn't, it, it's not, it's like, you know when like, um, you know when like a three-piece plays Glastonbury? <laughs> Uh, even with extraneous hidden guitarists in the corner, <laughs> dressed in black, dressed in black, they're well, not so, part of the band yet. So if we take if we take your entire head yeah. as, as 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 the universe, yeah, what percentage of that head is face? What do you mean, like my, for your in your case? Mine's like a bit of Chinese um, scrap metal that's fallen off a satellite. <laughs> Compared to the universe, if your planet was the Earth, it's a it's efficient. Your face, so I don't need look. We don't need to spread out. There's true. enough room for advertising. <laughs> but if your face was sponsor the Earth, my head, your forehead would very much be the Pacific Ocean. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and what does that what does that mean for you? Let me just press the ads button. I'm just <laughs> All right, let's have a break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farmer Mima, and today I'm going to show you what I've been doing to take care of the pantry moth situation. All right, welcome back. Sit on to, my face. Welcome back to the Pete Dolls Forehead Hour. Yeah, um, we've got some emails to get through. <laughs> Listen, I'm very excited to say to you all listening at home, or on the train, or on a run, or wherever you are, I'm absolutely delighted to tell you that one of the most popular members of this parish, what Pilot Neil, Pilot Neil, is. Bloody well back. I thought you were going to say Pilot Neil has got a series. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he has Finally got a series. Which Pilot Neil's back. He's, he's emailed uh, emailed in, clearing up a few bits and pieces that oh. we've talked about. Um, would you like to hear from him? Uh, yes. Could he explain to me why um, all of the Korean airlines I used, uh, uh, and I think I know the answer because I've heard before that uh, the training isn't quite as rigorous right. uh, in specifically uh, South Korea. Uh, and as some uh, pilots uh, are, are pressured, or rather some training companies are pressured to pass pilots when they shouldn't really be doing so. Uh, they're very heavy-handed with their landings. Are they? Oh. Okay, I imagine that's oh. something you get better with over time, though. So maybe you didn't have an experienced pilot. Why don't they land on a bouncy castle? Yeah. You're, always about, you're all about the bouncy castles these mm. days. Uh, pilot Neil says, Hi, guys. Sorry to have been incommunicado for a few months. Probably got um, things on. Yeah, too many Football Ramble World Cup podcasts to keep up with. Oi, and only oi. now catching up with events in Luke and Pete World. Ah. He says, I've also been away for a few weeks, staying with the in-laws in New Hampshire, which conveniently prompts me to send this latest missive. Anyway, I'm currently sitting in Boston Logan Airport, one of my favourite airports, about to fly back in time to go and see Stephen Page, he of Bare Naked Ladies fame. Yes, Ben. Uh, in Brighton on his latest tour. Oh, and my name's Neil, which you repeatedly cited as an example of a name no one would call a newborn baby with in modern times. Oh, did you feel like... Um, that's about why, probably why he became a pilot. Why? Just, it's just to get it's respect. Just, it's just nominative determinism. Well, it's not, is it? How is that nominative determinism? Are you going to call a baby Neil a pilot? <laughs> 
Pilot Neil. You're be- pilot Neil. Yeah, he's going to become a pilot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Neil says, I also have an interesting a boiler. Ad- addendum to my previous story about transporting a few kilos of cocaine on the flight deck for a criminal case in India. Mm. On my recent stay in America, I was recounting the tale to I my... I did a lot of court. No. <laughs> I was recounting the tale to my 77-year-old mother-in-law, and as a lawyer herself, I thought she might have been moderately interested. Mm. She duly listened, but then neatly proved the point that most things are certainly bigger and flashier in the US of A. She countered with the somewhat more exciting story of Ricky Stratton, mm. an elementary school classmate of hers from, some, um, from the affluent suburb of Boston in Wellesley Hills. Right. Whereas I have been merely moving a comparatively tiny amount of cocaine on behalf of and with the full authority of the law authorities, um, this guy loaded a four-engine DC-6 airliner with five tonnes of marijuana and had it flown from Columbia to Maine and then crash-landed it on a private grass airfield wholly unsuitable for anything other than a light aircraft. (laughs) The landing gear inevitably collapsed when the heavily laden wheels touched down on the grass strip and the aircraft slithered to a stop on its belly uh, just before it plunged into a river at the end of the field. Nevertheless, all the illicit cargo was quickly removed from the fuselage and the smugglers made their getaway before cops arrived. Stratton was subsequently sent down for about 25 years, but not until after a number of years sneaking drugs into the USA and the whole story is told in his recommended autobiography, Smugglers Blues. Having known her for two decades now, I asked my mother-in-law why she'd never told me the story before. She replied, oh, I didn't think it was that interesting. In her defence, other stories the in-laws have deemed interesting enough to tell include, one, the time we burned the house down on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Two, the time we hired a murderer to babysit the kids. This murderer was subsequently played by Nicole Kidman in the film To Die For. Wow. And three, that time we disinterred seven deceased family members because we had a disagreement with the local priest. Yeah, I mean... There's a reason why Pilot Neil got into a plane and flew away from that situation. He said, that's all for now. Keep up the good work and enjoy a bit that's of That's all for now? Yeah, no, he'll be back. All that. We he can do a whole says, show on that shit. Pete, you'll love this. P.S. It definitely wasn't me in a waistcoat in the England fans in Russia. Oh, right. Okay, Which yeah, is yeah, a shame. Yeah, yeah. That would have been brilliant if it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pilot Neil, back Magnificent. in. Magnificent. With back some in with absolute stonkers. Um, um, soggy weed. Is that a good thing? What? Uh, but, um, well, here, imagine if the plane had caught fire. That would have been a pain in the ass, Guys, I'm thinking about flying some uh, marijuana from Colombia to Maine. Oh, yeah, how much? Five tonnes? I mean, that is a lot, isn't it? I just always think... Logistically, that, just, that's a lot. I just always think that um, people who smuggle weed uh, across borders via planes, inefficient. Black tar heroin, fucking coke, fine. Happens but a lot in narcos, just, doesn't it? Just, just, just inefficient. It's, it's, too, it's too bulky. Yeah, it's just too bulky, you're thinking guys. also the street values nowhere near as high as the cocaine street value. No, I know. I just they're not thinking about these things. No, no, um, and that's why you'll never be caught doing it. Uh, doing what the plan? Traveling with it. Yeah, traveling with it. Yeah, is that why you're in Bruges? Drugs are boring. They're yeah, boring. I like drugs. Yeah. Do you want to do an email? I mean, no. you've done. I've done all the heavy lifting you've so done far. All the heavy li- No, you have not. I have. You're not a Cessna. There was actually a guy who got caught uh, transporting uh, drugs uh, this week, actually, um, doing the same thing in a, in a private plane uh, in uh, this fair on these fair aisles, I believe. On this septed on aisle, this no septed less. Septed aisle. Yeah. And this formerly green, now yellow septed aisle. <laughs> um, hi guys, this is Mike Gibson, who occasionally gets in touch. Nice, nice, nice chap, from what I can tell. Uh, last episode, eighty-seven. Uh, during your chat about things every dad likes. Uh, next to um, doing a poo and um, <laughs> uh, having a bull worker in the eighties, Pete can clearly be heard by Pete. Pete can clearly be heard saying, "Pink Floyd's big, isn't he?" 
Just checking that Pete, a man of considerable experience in radio and years of immersion in the music scene, uh, doesn't think Pink Floyd was a solo artist, presumably called Floyd. Um, I didn't think that, but if I did... Why did you say that then? Pink Floyd would be a very sunburnt fat man, I think. Why, there's, a documentary oh, Pink Floyd. About, called, there's a documentary about Pink Floyd called Which One's Pink, isn't it? Oh, is that right? Maybe you, you were subconsciously sort of channeling yeah. that. So, no. did you did you know what Pink Floyd were as a concept? Are you denying I this work accusation for Absolute Radio? And yes, because we seem to play a lot of it. Yes, which is I'm not, which I'm is, not enamoured with that band. I I think get on with them. I like them, but I think that every like every dad likes them as well. Mm. But only Dark Side of the Moon. There was in Solid Sounds a Pink Floyd album that had a little LED that used to sort of rotate round, 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 round. It was like a special edition. It would sit next to the spiritualised... It's the Pulse, ladies, isn't ladies it? and gentlemen. Pulse. Is it the it's Pulse? Called, I think it's called Pulse, yeah. Uh, and, there was next, and it was always next to the special edition um, spiritualised um, kind of um, medicine oh, the, packaging. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, we are floating, floating space, space. yeah. Um, and I, I, every time... It would just get more dog-eared and dog-eared because it was quite a, 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 an eye-drawer. It was actually quite a, an attention so people draw. just so keep people touching, pay, pay it, yeah. touching it. And it just looked rougher and rougher and rougher. But the LED never ran out. And that was no. back in the day. Yeah. When, like, you know. I remember my uncle having it and it always being flip, uh, flashing. Oh, really? But you mm-hmm. know, you know, um, you know, there's a good, interesting conversational theme here because I think there's, there must be a decent amount of records that actually cost more to make than they did back through sales. Because I think right. there's, there's talk that it might be some sort of new order single. Or, or album yeah. that it because um, what was happening with Factory Records and with uh, Tony Thingy and all that kind of stuff, mm. they were just making terrible business decisions. <clears throat> and so, I'm paraphrasing there a bit and I'm sketchy on the details, but one of the best selling New Order singles, which sold massive copies, I think mm. the more it sold, the worse it was for them because they were losing <laughs> more money every oh, time. Right, okay. and, 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 that, and that record, that spiritualized record, for those of you listening who don't know what it is, it's essentially a CD set up as a massive pill mm. with the foil over the top, like a, um, like a paracetamol, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you, opened, you opened it from the wrapper and you peeled the foil back to get the CD out. That must yeah. have cost a massive amount of money. And, and, um, Spiritualized also followed that up with a, a one of those optical illusion CD covers where it was like an imprint of a face and depending right. on which angle you looked at it, it looked like it was coming out towards you or going back away from you and that must have also cost a load of money that, that was sounds... back in the day when the music industry was completely off its tits <laughs> all yeah, the time yeah there was a lot of money yeah there was a lot of money in it uh, there was a band who um, were might have been okay might have been not I couldn't get it to fucking play but um, they were called Found uh, right. And when I used to work at XFM, uh, they uh, released a song called "Anti Climb Paint" on an edible chocolate record. Huh. So you'd put it on a, you'd put it on, uh, and then you'd uh, you'd start it off, and it, it it would it would just start peeling off. It would peel off little strings of uh, That's uh, so funny. Uh, chocolate. It's, it it played. It sounded like right, like a really. It, it sounded like an old wax cylinder sort of situation, but it. Uh, yeah, it, it played on a, on a chocolate record. It was it was it was it was a fun idea. It's funny because chocolate wasn't very nice though. Well, no, I can imagine it's covered in dust. But these days, if you're a, if you're an artist, you're lucky to actually get a physical release of your of your of your stuff, right? Rather than this, other, let alone this elaborate type stuff. Vinyl's back, baby. Yeah, well, it's true. Actually, that is true. Um, I was chatting to Noel Gallagher last week, a name a drop, uh, and he was, and I sort of said a. Uh, Quite like the cover of... I've run out of questions. Uh, <laughs> goodness quite, me! Quite like, goodness me, yeah, no. Uh, I, uh, uh, I quite like the uh, cover of your new um, single, can't remember what it's called, uh, and he was like, uh, I like quite like the cover, and, he, and I said, so how involved are you in this now, nowadays? Is this like, 
because you're a solo artist, sort of, um, is it more cathartic? Is it more satisfying to be releasing stuff on vinyl stuff? And he's like, no, they just come around my house and, and I just point at whatever album cover really? I want. That's so funny. But then he's going, oh, did you see the dip vinyl? Did you see the dip vinyl we did? We did like a dip vinyl. They look always look quite cool. Yeah, different colours and stuff. Dipped yeah. vinyl. Yeah. I, and I, I think we spoke before about um, uh, Russian records um, printed. They're called Bone Records. I think we spoke a little while ago yeah. um, on X-rays, old X-rays. Yeah. Because it was illegal to... Because um, of censorship, basically. Because of Russia, uh, USSR censorship. Interesting. Mm. On, on mm. Sticking to the music theme, uh, Sticking to the music theme. There we go. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Jeff's been in touch saying, um, I thought I'd send you a story about um, my, an experience I had at Reading Festival. Whoa. Um, we've had a few emails about festival experiences, haven't we? And this is very much um, at home in that pantheon. I was attacked uh, by a dog at Leeds Festival once. Were you? Uh, Tell us more. A riot dog, because um, <laughs> he was a... Like, you know, like Riot Girls, it was a band that were all dogs and they were riot dogs. They weren't. Uh, it was a riot policeman who set his dog on me. Why? Uh, because I was next to um, a, a lot of people setting the toilets on fire, which seemed to happen every year back in the day. Happen so much anymore. What did, what injuries did you sustain? Um, being scared of dogs briefly. But it didn't actually physically hurt you. Nah. He's Why like, not? Rah, 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 rah. Oh, and sort of like jumped on me a bit. I was like, right. no. Well, Jeff lends this story uh, to compliment that one. He mm. says, oh, myself and a friend uh, first went to the festival in the early two thousands, and because I'd had exhausting and difficult experiences camping at festivals, particularly Glastonbury, mm. we stayed in a hotel, although quite a long distance away. See, Reading Festival, you can do that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why we didn't think of doing that. You can't do it at Glastonbury. No. It's in the middle of nowhere. But... Glass, gla- fucking Glastonbury. I hate Glastonbury. Yeah, when you went to Reading, though, shit. you probably didn't have the money to stay in a hotel, did you? No. Because camping's included as part of the ticket, right? So and just... back then, I probably would have happily just you know slept on the ground. So, for our next visit, says Jeff, we were clever enough to realise that we could book a hotel way in advance, as the festival is always August Bank Holiday weekend. Yeah. We did, getting a hotel really close to one of the secondary entrances, and so it meant we only had to go to the main gate for our wristbands on day one. Mate, this guy is all sorted out. Hashtag life hack. This guy is clued in. What's his name? Jeff. Jeff. I was expecting a more dynamic name, (laughs) but well done, mate. His name will probably become more clear as the email... Uh, as the email transpired he says you can imagine our duo on the first day when we could walk from the main stage past all the losers walking to their tents yeah, pricks. and in less than 10 minutes be in the bar of our hotel oh yes we along with all the other smug festival goers in the bar were drinking beer sitting in comfortable chairs with a luxury room just an elevator away the only small issue was water dripping from the ceiling of the bar oh. which was bizarre but luckily we put an empty pint glass under it thus solving the problem I then made the astonishing realisation though that I could use the bathroom in our room for my pending ablutions. What a pleasant way to finish the festival day. Life was sweet. There was a man in our bathroom, though, fixing the sink. The water we had seen from, was from our own room, oh. and the carpet was wet. We couldn't change rooms as the hotel was obviously full. Oh, well, he's fixed it. Who cares? More beer, sleep, hot breakfast, festival Saturday. Mm. My next realisation was that it was Saturday afternoon, the forthcoming bands were a bit lacklustre, and I had a TV in my room. Fifty minutes later, I'm sat in my underpants eating crisps and watching Jeff and the boys on Sky Sports. Now, this <laughs> is festival going, I thought, uh, as I devoured a Cadbury's chocolate product. My mate was sat in a muddy field watching rubbish. <laughs> I wandered into the bathroom to wash my hands, though, and clunk, 
The tap came off in my hand. Oh, no. Water shoots up from the empty tap, fixing to hit the ceiling and cover me in water. The this... blast is continuous, and we're probably looking at a lot of litres per second, um, or whatever they measure water pressure or velocity in. I imagine that the um, uh, the water pressure in a hotel is... Uh, you it has know, to be quite strong. has to be quite strong, because it has to service a lot of rooms. So we are talking fucking... Omega video game, Pipe Mania. Well, allow Jeff to pick up the story. Right. He says, I'm drenched to he- in he- uh, from head to toe in my underpants and the bathroom is now under a couple of inches of water in only a few seconds. I leg it out of the room and run down to reception, arriving gasping and looking like drowned vermin. The receptionist doesn't even look up and casually asks, can I help you, sir? I explain there is a water-based <laughs> emergency like now... She says she'll try and find someone to help, managing not to convince me in the slightest that she has any intention of doing so. When I look around in despair, I see water pouring from every spotlight fitting in the dining room as people are enjoying their late lunch. I press upon the receptionist that time is very much of the essence (laughs) and that also I typically wear a lot more than just sodden underpants as a matter of course. If she'd be so kind as to get some help and a room key, at the very least, I would be very pleased. She could probably, she'd probably start. Fucking festival goer. Yeah. She probably did office, uh, off, probably office face on. I was going to say bitumen. She did what? Bitumen. Office. That's what you use to fix a shed roof, yeah. isn't it? Office Well, I wouldn't put it past all the festival goers. She said uh, she apparently she did help. Uh, he quickly got changed and went back to the field with his tail between his legs. They never. They, they did actually fi- uh, seem to fix it this time. But the lesson here, kids, is never ever think you found a life hack because life has its own way of kicking you in the balls. Could Cheers, you not have Jeff. redirected the uh, water into the bath? Yeah, he probably wasn't thinking on his feet like you. He's not such a calm man under pressure like you, Pete. Or possibly look... I mean, presumably every tap has a little stopper underneath, don't they? A little stop, stop tap. Stop, yeah, stop tap, t- underneath, underneath. So, yeah, I've got one of those in my house. I don't know if you definitely have one in the hotel. Though, I think you? at that point, kicking... Uh, if it was like a bath, kicking the side of the bath open is uh, is allowed. It's a terrible move. Kick the bath How's that going to work? What's that going to do? Just kick the side of the bath open and there should be a secondary tap underneath. Like there stop, will, stop be, there cock, will be a stopcock, yeah. There will be a stopcock yeah. somewhere in the room. There just has to be. I enjoy saying you've got, to be able, you've got to be able to isolate the water to one room. It's, mm. It would be insanity not to. I had. Um, I remember when I lived in the flat before this one, I lived on the first floor. The landlord lived downstairs. And one day, inexplicably, and it's lucky because I could have just gone out, mm. the washing machine started overflowing mm. and the tap to turn the water off wouldn't move. It's like it had been painted shut. Uh-oh. So I basically had to... Um, a spatter in the house. Get a spanner in the house, mate. Well, it wasn't really like that. It was like a, um, it's like a weird shaped handle. Mm. Anyway, it was painted. It was painted uh, open, and um, so what I had to do was leg it and get my mobile phone. Call my ex- now ex girlfriend. Get her to come home to help me. In the meantime, essentially stand there for about an hour with the washing up bowl. Mm. Collecting the water and just pouring it down the sink right. for an hour. I was wow. absolutely knackered by the end of it. My arms were so bad. Like you and were then, in like a like a boat on a boating lake that was yeah. uh, rapidly yeah. losing all integrity. And then um, yeah, and then luckily the um, the handyman was able to come in and sort of sort it out. But the uh, Randy man. Yeah, and then and then we then it, for all knew it was a porn film. <laughs> you got a problem because that's mate. how these things work. Oh, you're so wet and tired. Why are you let, let me give you a massage? Why have you got a husband's bowl? Which, <laughs> what? A husband's bulge. A husband's bulge, is that a thing? Erection, isn't it? It's like a... What? It's like a, it's like a thing for an erection. Uh, speaking of uh, landlords and landladies, uh, there was... <laughs> I was uh, When I was in Korea, I got my uh, favourite, or one of my favourite test uh, Airbnb reviews, uh, which okay. I put on my Instagram story, uh, which you may have seen, Luke. I didn't uh, see it, I don't said, think. It said... Um, I'll, I'll get it up. Um, basically, uh, this, this, this Korean lady who uh, runs the um, Airbnb... 
in Jejur. Um, and she was very... Uh, she was on it when it comes to uh, labelling every fucking thing in the house. Like, everything in the house. I've never done Airbnb, so what do you mean? Well, labelled, like, every tap, every light, every boiler. What, the label saying tap? Literally, literally that. Like, this is the light. In English? In English and in uh, Korean. Right. uh, And also, I think, in Chinese as well. She was very uh, diligent. Uh, But uh, this is the review from uh, uh, Yvette. Uh, which I don't think is her actual name because uh, Koreans and um, Chinese, they adopt um, Western names sometimes, don't they? Right, okay. Um, Pete and his friend Craig was excellent guest. They are gentle England man, which will will annoy Craig because he's Scottish, (laughs) and friendly to my little baby. Oh, that's cute. Well, a little baby... I mean, who's horrible to babies? No, exactly. It's the least you expect, right? I'm only giving them four stars because he clipped my baby around the head. (laughs) It's a cute little baby, yeah, there, are, there were some cute little babies out there. Oh, always. oh I love always. a cute little baby. We, that feels to me like it's good a time we're to end this show. Oh, I love a cute little baby. You put your top back on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and good, and yeah good point. I'm, I'm a man without a and top. And let's get so. out of here. Oh, um, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. We'd love to yeah. hear from you. There's loads of emails to get through. Um, apologies to those who haven't had this read out yet. Mm. We've got a bit of a backlog. We will get there, we promise. Um, Please take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever mm. get your pods, Google uh, Podcast or Apple or whatever. And uh, we will see you again uh, in just a few days' time. Peter, say goodbye. Goodbye and apologies to all of your little babies we haven't been nice to. And it's goodbye from me and Pete's forehead. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.